The situation for Hungary's embattled independent media is about to become even more challenging. On the 12th of December, the Hungarian parliament voted to pass the Protection of Sovereignty Act. The law, developed by the Fidesz party of Prime Minister Viktor Orban, was debated for less than two weeks and passed without any serious public consultation. Its stated motivation is the protection of Hungarian sovereignty from malign external threats and the criminalization of foreign funding to political parties during election campaigns. However, among those named by the head of the Fidesz parliamentary group as the intended targets when it was first announced in September were left-wing journalists and so-called pseudo-NGOs. In the text, media are not directly mentioned. However, a new body will now be established to map and report on perceived threats to national sovereignty and identify bodies or individuals suspected of serving foreign interests or receiving foreign funds. In a country where government politicians have previously smeared critical media as serving foreign interests, civil society organizations and journalists have already criticized the vague language and broad application of the draft and decried the bill as being part of the government's decade-long attempt to dial up pressure on critical voices. Ahead of elections in 2024, and amidst ongoing negotiations with the European Commission over the release of frozen EU funds, this new law looks set to be another divisive issue, pitting Budapest against Brussels and creating further uncertainty for both media and NGOs. I'm Jamie Wiseman, the Europe Advocacy Officer at the International Press Institute, and you're listening to the latest episode of the MFRR in Focus. To discuss this issue further, I'm joined by Sabol Chpani, an investigative editor at V-Square and a renowned investigative journalist at the Hungarian platform Direct36. Sabolc, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, so the Protection of Sovereignty Act has now been passed in Parliament after a pretty hasty debate, uh, if you can call it that. And it's been met with strong criticism by independent media groups who issued a joint statement outlining their concerns. So set out for us what's included in this new law and what exactly does it entail? In these proposals, in in the first proposal, they will set up a so-called Sovereignty Protection Authority. Um, a very bogus uh, new body that is tasked with investigating any kind of foreign influence in Hungary. Uh, they have the the rights to essentially investigate cases uh, when you know someone's reported of uh, acting as a I don't know as an agent for for foreign powers. Um, they can um, have access to your documents. Um, they can. Uh, store data on you, and the problem is that uh, there's there's no legal remedy. Uh, you cannot appeal. It's not set in law that you know if you disagree with uh, with this authority's uh, proceedings or if you disagree with their findings, like what what can you do as a as a Hungarian citizen? So that in itself is is a problem. Also, uh, the terms uh that are set in this um, um uh, legal text are are so vague that you know what constitutes like foreign influence uh 
these these things are are, are just uh, really up for interpretation. And you know, Hungary, as part of the European Union, um, already gave up uh, voluntarily some of its uh, so-called sovereignty. So, what if someone receives funding from another EU member state? Uh, is it also like foreign influence? What if uh, some um, organization in Hungary receives funding from the European Commission uh, or from the European Parliament? Like, uh, it's it's just very absurd. Uh, the whole whole. Um, idea that sovereignty is interpreted as national sovereignty as opposed to the sovereignty of the Hungarian state uh, set in laws uh, and also within the boundaries of Hungary's EU and NATO membership. It's, it's just uh, really tells you that, uh, that there's some bad faith uh, behind the, the, the whole intention of, of essentially trying to, to penalize uh, foreign funding for, for NGOs. Um, so this is one thing, the authority. The other thing is that um, there's a there's a new uh, felony uh, introduced into the panel code, uh, which would um, essentially punish up to with three years in jail if uh, if someone is um, is um, accepting like foreign funding uh, in a, in a campaign. Um, well, this is this is specifically tailored at at a recent uh, case um, during the last Hungarian parliamentary elections in twenty twenty two. Some of the opposition received, or they are accused of receiving foreign funding, not through uh, receiving funding from abroad through uh, parties, but that some NGOs and some um, some companies. That were campaigning on behalf of the opposition, they they received funding from the United States. This whole fits to this uh, anti-U.S. Uh, uh, anti-Western agenda of Viktor Orbán. Um, his governing party and his government is trying to portray the opposition as a puppet of the United States. At the same time, they are vehemently attacking the U.S. ambassador to Hungary, and of course. On the on, on on their own side, they are they are cozying up to Vladimir Putin and to Xi Jinping, to to Russia and China. Um, so so these are the two uh, new uh, developments that that we have. Um, as um, as it was expected, uh, it's really vague. It's really up to the interpretation of uh, of the authorities, like what would constitute foreign funding. Um, and of course, that does um, that does really freak out some of the journalists in Hungary. Okay, so we'll have this office or, or bureau headed by a chairperson who would have a mandate of six years, and they would be nominated directly by the prime minister. Um, obviously, with some major questions for its independence there, you'd imagine. Exactly. Yes. Okay, so this new office will have broad investigatory powers to demand documents, financial records, or data of any organization or body operating within Hungary. And I guess this could include civil society groups, media organizations, or journalist associations even, if they're suspected of serving vague foreign powers. Um, and as you said, there's been a lot of criticism so far in media, from civil society, the opposition, the Council of Europe, around yeah, a pretty vague definition um, and how it can be broadly applied. So as we said, media can't be named, or at least not named directly in the text as it's been passed. Um, so it's not, I get the sense, exactly the you know Russian-style foreign agent law that was first reported in the Hungarian media when details were a bit more scarce. 
But there are some characteristics, and like you said, it sparked a lot of concern amongst journalists. So, yeah, just to dig into the detail a little bit more for a second, what exactly is there in the language of the text that could be interpreted to include media? Um, what are we looking at exactly here? So essentially, the, the the new law talks about organizations receiving foreign funding, and you know those organizations can be essentially anything. Um, and it's also uh, a little worrying that before this uh, these laws were uh, submitted to Parliament, um, those people who were behind drafting it they were uh, crystal clearly talking about foreign funded um, uh, journalists and media the so-called dollar, dollar media, alleging that uh, that not just the Hungarian opposition, but also journalists are somehow agents of the of the United States. And even though like media outlets are, are not named within um, the, 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 the text, but um, Hungary's former Minister of Justice, Judith Varga, when she made a speech recently in Parliament uh, referring to these these new changes in the law, she again was was listing um, Hungarian mainstream journalists uh, as as foreign agents uh, in the context of, of talking about uh, these uh, these these changes to the law. So the the thing is that that this is pretty much what was expected uh, because the Hungarian government is currently in a in a fierce negotiation process with the European Commission. They are trying to unlock EU funds for the country. And and obviously, they are trying to, um, I don't know, hide some of their intentions or, or they are trying not to pick uh, too many fights with the European Commission uh, so that they can access their money as, as soon as possible. Um, also, the, the minister in charge of the prime minister's office, Mr. Gergely Guyash, he said that, well, what, what's all the fuss about uh, the, the new law doesn't talk about media or it, it, it doesn't um, cover media freedom related issues, which is true. But what it does cover is uh, is like financial issues. So any kind of organization that can receive funding from abroad can be can be scrutinized, can be can be prosecuted. Um, so obviously, what we see is again what we saw during the the pandemic when the Hungarian government um, announced the state of emergency, like an extraordinary legal uh, uh, like uh, status uh, for the country, and they introduced a new law which uh, which was penalizing the spreading of fake news. Again, a very vague wording, and there was there was fear that uh, this can be used against journalists. It was not used against journalists in the end, but it did have uh, a certain chilling effect. I do remember that um, some of my colleagues working for different outlets, they told me that their lawyers, uh, their company lawyers, uh, for example, uh, suggested them not to publish some data about COVID deaths and and COVID cases that were contradicting the Hungarian government's um, uh, official figures because that can be interpreted as spreading fake news and then they can get into legal trouble. And I think the, the, the aim is pretty much the same here. Um, the government doesn't necessarily have to prosecute journalists or, or media outlets. It's enough if they uh, just discourage these uh, these outlets from applying for for funding from the European Union, from from other countries, from even from like family foundations in Germany or or Sweden, which are generously uh, funding some uh, some journalistic work, uh, even in Hungary. 
Um, so it's it's enough if they create this atmosphere where we just don't know what is punishable, what is a crime, what is not a crime. So we we better not, you know, apply for foreign funding. And the problem is that uh, that it all fits to this pattern that that the Hungarian government is trying to suffocate Hungarian NGOs, civil society, and also uh, media by trying to uh, essentially. Uh, cut us off from any kind of uh, foreign funding. The Norwegian grants uh, are are not flowing to Hungary anymore because of a disagreement between the Hungarian government and and Norway. Uh, we've we've seen how George Soros and his foundations have been vilified in recent years uh, by continuous government campaigns, and at the same time, within Hungary to uh, to obtain funding for media is pretty hard because all the the government and state advertisement just goes to to pro-government right-wing uh, outlets or compromised outlets so the strategy is crystal clear they're trying to to suffocate financially uh, media and this does this this new law does fit into that pattern okay so like you say there's been this this long campaign around the dollar media particularly since the last election and leading government politicians have been making hints recently calling critical media foreign agents. And now we have this new law looking at foreign funding to organizations, creating an unstable climate for journalists and media outlets who do receive some kind of foreign grant or or project funding. And even if there's no direct sanctions, it's still part of this kind of dialing up of pressure. Yeah, it's it's great that you mentioned that because this this new sovereignty protection authority will publish a yearbook, and this in this yearbook they're gonna <clears throat> just list their findings and uh, talk about their activities, and this is a great vehicle to 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 vilify, uh, of course, even Hungarian media outlets. They can mention that oh well, we didn't investigate, but uh, this and that media outlet does receive foreign funding, and it's kind of fishy. Right, yeah. I mean, everyone, of course, agrees that you know, the transparency of forms of funding to media is a good thing, whether it's coming from the Commission, from the US or from elsewhere. Um, no one's opposing that here. It's more a question of why foreign funding in the form of grants or project funds is being targeted. And I guess it's kind of un- important to understand why some media in Hungary in recent years have chosen to apply or accept this kind of funding. You mentioned it a bit already just then, but could you maybe explain for listeners why some hung- Hungarian media both for-profit and non-profit have, in order to retain their independence, had to kind of rely on this kind of foreign funding in recent years? Well, it doesn't have to. Um, There are some outlets who receive some foreign funding. The thing is that uh, since Viktor Orban came to power in 2010, he he not only uh, changed the whole legal system of the country, starting with a new media law and with a new constitution uh, for Hungary, uh, but also his cronies, his uh, his proxies have bought up a large chunk of, uh, of Hungary's uh, uh, media, uh, whether it's TV, radio, newspapers, local newspapers, or uh, news sites. And in the end, uh, we have a media sphere, which is clearly divided into two. Uh, majority of, of media is uh, is essentially government-controlled, and by controlled, I, I, I mean that literally, like uh, there's like a weekly briefing for editor-in-chief and man- managing editors by, uh, by, uh, by a ministry uh, when they are receiving the new slogans that they have to parrot. Um, and on the other side of the media, you have a few remaining independent outlets where you can still pursue independent free and fair reporting, 
but this is mostly online media, which has a limited reach. So those who read, for example, my uh, articles, which are very long uh, and very complicated um, investigative articles, those people tend to be younger, more educated. They they usually live in Budapest or the urban area of uh, of the capital, um, and that means that our, our, our reach is pretty limited. Um, so in that sense, the, the problem is also that the media market, uh, so the way of this independent media of sustaining itself, it's also limited. Once our audience is, uh, is, uh, is halved or, or, well, not even halved, because I, I guess what we can reach is like 30, 40% of, of the, the national audience, Obviously, it means that true advertisements, true, true, you know, normal income, uh, it's it's not easy to sustain uh, these media operations. That's why you see more and more nonprofit-based uh, uh, approach, not just um, nonprofit investigative outlets like the one I'm working for, Derek Thirty Six, are trying to appeal to the readers to to give us uh, recurring donations. Or uh, or to apply for for grants from uh, foreign uh, sources, but but also for profit outlets uh, because they just can't make enough money to sustain their operations through just you know selling advertisements, um, the billboards with their articles and generating clicks and etc. The classic model, you know. Um, so so it's it's um it's a struggling media market. Uh, it's globally a struggling media market, but in Hungary. We also have this problem with how the the media market was uh, politicized and 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 essentially like handicapped by uh, by the government intentionally. So because of that, uh, there is uh, sometimes a need for foreign funding, and of course because the whole world, at least the European Union, does see what's happening to Hungarian free media, there are new and new opportunities for for us to apply for uh, for funding from outside of Hungary. Um, and again, as this uh, new law is not yet um, uh, directly uh, threatening uh, media, but it, it is in the cards. And um, whenever it's going to be um, politically useful for the government, I'm pretty sure that they can either modify the law, they can either specify in law that, uh, that this new sovereignty protection authority can and should prosecute uh, journalists and media outlets, or since the the whole wording is so broad, they can just fully within the law uh, start scrutinizing uh, the activities of of Hungarian journalists as well. Mm, yeah, I think that's crucial to point out um, because it's yeah it's that distortion of the media market under the Orban government in cooperation with wider attacks on media freedom and pluralism. The independent media there have really been weakened financially, and cut off from government advertising and driven to the fringes. And to keep media, or at least to try and keep media pluralism alive, donors have tried to provide economic lifelines to some independent media through grants and projects. Um, and it's those sources of money in particular that will be increasingly stigmatized due to this new law. So, I mean, the last question was, we, yeah, we had this so-called NGO law back in 2017, that like this law was first passed by the parliament and then, you know, code afford into law. Um, it would have had similar pressuring effects on NGOs, but it was eventually challenged in the EU courts and reversed. So would you expect to see a similar EU challenge to this law now it's been passed in parliament? 
Well, yeah, sure, I do. But in its current form, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this would not withstand um, the, the scrutinizing eyes of the European Commission. Uh, and also it can and it should be challenged by, by NGOs at, uh, at, at the European level. But the problem, again, is that by the time there's, there's a ruling uh, on an EU level, um, that will take years and like no one no one's going to give us back those those years and we don't know what's going to happen during those years uh, or the the labeling willifying of journalists as foreign agents uh, can uh, have uh, a very detrimental um, uh, consequence on, on our image so yeah no one no one would cons- no, no one would compensate us if there's a there's a ruling in 5 or 6 years that well this law is is, is not um, in line with with eu regulations and the other thing is that even if uh, if um, if this law is thrown out at uh, a european court level it doesn't necessarily mean that the hungarian government will will follow suit and make amendments we i, I just read today in the news that there's some ruling from 2020 about some migration related issue some eu court ruling that the that the hungarian government is uh, is not following and now they're getting fined so this is the other problem that that this law can even stay in effect even after uh, it's ruled that it's uh, it's against eu regulation and you know the hungarian government just uh, can choose to pay some fines uh, to the eu while still applying this law and um, and uh, investigating, prosecuting uh, NGOs, not necessarily journalists, because we don't know yet, right? That's, that's what we're talking about. But, uh, but the problem is that, um, that the European Union doesn't really have an, an effective solution to these kinds of problems, because all the legal remedies there are, are really, really long term. And um, this government thinks in election cycles, it, uh, it thinks about short term campaigns, uh, targeted smear campaigns against journalists, against NGOs, against uh, political activists, and by the time the damage is done, yeah, we can seek legal remedy, but uh, but it's all too late. Yeah, and as you said, you know, the wider climate for independent journalism in Hungary is and has for a long time been in a pretty weak place. Um, there is, of course, the, the Media Freedom Act, the MFA, where we saw an agreement um, that's been reached at the EU level in negotiations. But even if it is ultimately adopted and it has really strong provisions, its impact in Hungary remains to be seen. Um, and on a wider level, independent journalism in the country still seems to be in a moment of crisis. Well, it is. Uh, but uh, on a more optimistic note, I, I, I have to say that we, we, we still have some, some media outlets that can carry out their operations in, um, in quite, quite freely against all odds. So the, the EU membership of Hungary is still important, not because it's necessarily uh, restricting the government when it uh, you know, comes to uh, these types of, of new institutions and, and very Russia-style imported um, uh, anti-NGO, anti-media uh, initiatives. But for example, there's still no harassment or, or like physical threats to, to journalists. Of course, there's no need for that. That's that's the other case because all these uh, murky uh, legal threats uh, have been enough so far to to achieve what the government wanted, the the chilling effect, and also this uh, uh, this very uh, concerted effort of of trying to shrink our audiences 
by buying up media outlets and firing the journalists and, and turning those um, acquired outlets into propaganda. That that has been enough for the government so far to tame uh, Hungarian media. But at the same time, there's there's still uh, some dozens of us who who, who carry on with with our, our work, and that's why uh, I think it's it's uh, psychologically, mentally really important that that we feel support from uh, from European and international organizations, uh, watchdog groups, um, uh, media advocacy groups. So I'm really really thankful for for your work as well that you uh, that you're focusing. Uh, on Hungary and that you're highlighting what's what's happening in my country. Well, of course, yeah. And we'll follow the Sovereignty Protection Act all the way and see how it's implemented. So, Saboc, thank you very much for your insights and your analysis. It's always great to chat to you and uh, best of luck for your work. Thank you and thanks for this opportunity. In the coming weeks, MFRR Consortium Partner Article 19 Europe will prepare a legal assessment of the Act's alignment with EU law and international media freedom standards. And this will outline in detail the severity of the threat posed by the Sovereignty Protection Act to media and to civil society organisations. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MFR In Focus. For more in-depth podcast episodes about the state of press freedom across Europe, visit the website or search MFR In Focus on your podcast app. We've got new episodes focusing on the hopes for media freedom progress in Poland under the new democratic government and the return of Prime Minister Robert Fico in Slovakia and his renewed hostility towards critical journalism. For more MFR monitoring, advocacy and reports on Hungary, and to read the recent joint statement issued by IPI and MFRR consortium partners about the Sovereignty Protection Act, visit www.mfrr.eu. The project is co-funded by the European Commission. Thanks for listening.